Episode 21 The Nephilim Genesis 6 verses 1 to 4 The Bible tells us the mind of God. It reveals to us the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's about the state of man. It shows us the way of salvation and the path to destruction. It details all kinds of things, one of them being the redemption of the people of the world. There are two types of people living today. Those who have been born again are sons of God and the others. The saints and the aints. Genesis chapter 6 begins. The number of people on earth began to grow. Daughters were born to these people. The sons of God saw that these girls were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. The only way to properly analyse these two verses is to look to the preceding chapters. As time progressed, and as we've seen in chapters 4 and 5, men began to multiply on the earth. The only names recorded so far are the only ones relevant to the big picture. But there were many more born. In each account, in Genesis 5, it said, and this person had sons and daughters. Based on the number of years recorded and the age to which people lived, there could have been hundreds of millions or even billions of people on earth, and yet only 27 are mentioned. The phrase, the sons of God who saw these girls were beautiful, is used four times, and it is always referring to faithful believers, even in Jesus' own words. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Being a son of God, from a human perspective, means that we are the sons of the resurrection. This means that any human ever who is saved is, by default, a son of God. Just as Paul and John speak of in their letters. The sons of God, meaning the line of Seth, saw the daughters of men. We are one species with two genders. The problem is that the sons of God are marrying women based on their beauty, regardless of who they marry. In chapter 4, we saw in the line of Cain, Nehemiah's father was named Lamech. And in chapter 5, from the line of Seth, Methuselah's son was named Lamech. Both Nehemiah and Methuselah are the eighth generation from Adam, and although the Bible doesn't say this, the implication is that Methuselah could have named his son Lamech after the name of his father-in-law. Throughout the Bible, the subject of inappropriate intermarrying is brought time and time again. Abraham sends for a wife for Isaac from his kin. Esau displeases his parents by marrying Canaanite women. Later, the Israelites are forbidden from intermarrying with the Canaanites and several other surrounding nations. And this applies to the New Testament too. Twice Paul tells us so. A wife is bound by law as long as her husband lives. But if her husband dies, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 39 do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness 
with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Verse 3 The Lord said, My spirit will not remain in human beings forever. This is because they are flesh. They will live only 120 years. Before the flood, men really did live to great ages. Because man shunned God's will, he promised to cut their years approximately eightfold to only 120 years. Eventually this was cut by about another third. So the psalm records our years are 70, and if we're strong enough, even to 80. Nothing has changed since Moses wrote that psalm 3,500 years ago. Verse 4. The gigantic fallen ones, or Nephilim, were on the earth in those days and also later. That was when the sons of God had physical relations with the daughters of men. These women gave birth to children who became famous. They were the mighty warriors of long ago. The Nephilim are large because they were bred large at the expense of faith. Even to this day, families choose the road of success and exceptional gene development over godly husbands and wives. This then is the explanation of these giants, these gigantic ones. It is the only avenue which rightly handles the Bible based on the first five chapters of progressively revealed thought from God, and it simply takes proper handling of what has already been presented. When it says these were the mighty warriors of long ago, it is a statement that could be said of any of our finest military personnel, our great basketball players, or any other person in the world idolised for their high breeding and superior abilities. The commentary then matches the commentary of today, a godless world which looks to the flesh rather than to God. Jesus is the God-man. He was born of a virgin and the Holy Spirit. God is the creator and he designated that things produced after their own kind. The account here in this episode is given to us to show that God expects us to keep ourselves pure and free from defiling ourselves by marrying outside of the community of believers. When men began to reproduce for the sake of breeding larger, stronger or more beautiful people, it led to wickedness, idolatry of the flesh and the rejection of God. God wants us to remain dependent on him, not on man. He wants our devotion and obedience and not the worship of sports heroes. The incarnation of Jesus was to show us the immense love God has for us and that we can trust in his son. While our sports stars die and return to the dust, Jesus remains on his throne having been resurrected after his cross to an everlasting and indestructible life. This is the message of Jesus Christ and the love of God which is found in him.
let us be faithful to our spouses, marry within the community of believers, and trust that Jesus alone, Jesus alone has something better for us at the end of our life. Hallelujah and Amen.